This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 205 for Wednesday, March 4th, 2015. It is, of course, our feedback show for this week's episode of The Walking Dead called Remember. Uh, but there's a couple of things I want to talk about before we get into that. And that, the first thing, of course, you can probably guess is of the course, of course. Podcast Awards. The Podcast Awards? Yes. If you recall, Jason, last time we let everyone know that we were officially nominated for one. Which is super duper exciting. And now we are two days into the voting period. So I just want to remind everyone to please, please, please go and vote for us. You do so at podcastawards.com. Find The Talking Dead in the entertainment category. Click on the little radio button beside our name. And then down at the bottom, you have to put in your name and your email address and then hit submit. What happens next is and I didn't realize this last time, you receive an email with a link to validate your vote. Right, which seems like a, a, a good thing, because then you don't have people writing bots to automatically vote you know, 100 times every second. Right, it, it, or at least it's more difficult for that to happen. So make sure you check your email when you vote, and a huge thank you to everyone that's voted already. I would say that at least 50% of the feedback we got this week in emails and phone calls and so on, mentioned the podcast awards and congratulated us and people were saying they're going to vote and stuff like that. So it made me feel really, really, really good. That's awesome. That makes me feel good. This is the first time hearing of that. And that makes me feel super, super warm and tingly. Warm and tingly. You look a yeah. little warm and tingly. I'm today. a little warm and tingly. Nice. And I, I'm so excited about this that I actually, and uh, it's been a long time since I've done this, uh, I've signed into Facebook, like on my computer, and I wrote a post to my friends and family, <laughs> asking them to uh, to vote. Signed into Facebook on your computer. Good for you. Yeah. They have the internet on computers these days. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, <laughs> so it's the first time I've signed into Facebook and uh, and put a personal post. Uh, you know, I, I don't know in how long. It's been at least a year. Well, if, you know, if there was a good reason to do it, this is one. So I did the same thing, just asked all my friends and family to vote, and of course, all you great listeners to please, please vote for us if you can find time in your day. So don't forget, you can vote once per day. Now, I've got to think, the, I got to say the voting site is a little funny. I can't quite figure out if they are going by calendar day, but it's on a different time zone than us. The podcast awards people are based out of Honolulu, Hawaii. Right. So they're a, they're a number of time zones away. And it might be based on calendar day Honolulu time. Right. But, uh, or I'm not 100% sure, it might be just you can't vote twice within the same 24-hour period. So if you vote at like 9 p.m. one day, you can't vote again until like 9 p.m. the next day. Right. Um, I haven't quite figured it out yet. But the bottom line is you can vote once per day. So please, please, please do that. And uh, remember to check your email for for that confirmation message that comes through. I just looked and it was, uh, I, I wrote hey on my timeline in June. And before that was a couple of birthdays ago. Oh, and then the time we saw Lou Temple at the uh, the Walker Stalker Con. Well, that would have I, been uh, October. 
a year and a half ago. Yeah, 2013. So right. those are that's my Facebook history, recent history. <laughs> it's, it's pretty riveting, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So podcastawards.com, please vote for The Talking Dead. There are 15 days of voting, so we're already on day two, and uh, we, we really uh, hope you'll help us help us win this one. It's going to be really fun. Cool. All right, next, contest entry. So just a reminder, we are running a Record Your Favorite Scene contest, and we're now getting closer to the end. The contest finishes up after the season finale. Um, uh, so just to give you a chance to record a scene from that episode if you wanted to. But the, the idea is to choose a short scene from The Walking Dead TV show and record it and do the lines get some friends together do or do a monologue whatever you want and and send it in to us you know not too long sort of 30 seconds to a minute and a half kind of thing is 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 a good range that's the sweet spot i think and uh jason and i will listen to all these we play them on the show Mm -hmm. and then we choose our favorite and the winner gets a cool prize, including a complete set of um, retail covers for issue number 100 of the Walking Dead comic, as well as a replica of um, Lucille, the baseball bat that shows up in the comic later on. And I forgot, too, but we are also going to give away um, the hard hardcover all-out war um, uh, artist-proof edition of of the uh, hardcovers awesome which is which is the same comic same story but the artwork in it is all just the artist proof work to you know before it's been colored and and finished off and stuff like that it gives you sort of a glimpse into the making of of the comic book a little bit that's neat which i think is neat yeah so some pretty pretty amazing prize pack there and uh, all you have to do is use your phone or your computer or whatever other device you might have and record yourself doing a scene from the walking dead so uh it can be it can be sort of a funny take on it it can be serious it can be kind of whatever you want and just just has to be from the walking dead any episode from any season too so you've got a you know five seasons worth of of content to choose from pretty much cool and just to, in case you need an example of, of the kind of thing that you could record and send in, here is Brett from Encinitas, California, doing one of Rick's monologues. I killed him. I killed Shane. He came at me with a gun. He killed Randall just to get me into the woods to put a bullet in my back. He planned it. I had... I had no choice. I gave him every chance. And he kept leading me further out. He pushed me. And I let him. After a while, I knew. I knew what he was doing. What he was up to, and I kept going, and I didn't stop. I could have, but I just wanted it over. Dogging me every step of the way, acting like I stole you and Carl, like I was in the way. I just wanted it over. 
I wanted him dead. I killed him. And he turned. That's how I knew Jenner. Jenner was right. And Carl put him down. All right. Thank you very much, Brett, for that. Wow. It was a nice, it, w- it was, I mean, it was a slow take your time reading with that scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I was all in. Like, I was just completely invested in that. The uh, Brett's got some uh, rich tones in his uh, in his voice. That was uh, that was riveting. That was excellent. Some rich, deep tones like a polished mahogany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Thank you, Brett. So if you want to send in an entry, um, get it recorded, and then email it to us, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to do it because you can record a file and send us the audio file. Uh, but you can also go to our website, click on send voicemail and record right into your computer or just uh, give us a call one 483 and send a call that way. righty, let's talk about the ratings for a minute. Um, the ratings, the number of viewers for Remember was 14.43 million. And that's up a bit. We're yes. going up again. Yep. Awesome. Up again, so it's it's get creeping up closer to that 15 million mark, which I feel like is where The Walking Dead should be. That's its benchmark. That's where that's it should be. That's the bar. Be. That's where the bar is. We've uh, risen the bar to that level, and that's our uh, that's where we want to get to. That's right. I think its its peak is 17 point something. I think that was the season five premiere. Right. So if you're riding around the 15 million mark, I mean, hell, you're beating out every other show on TV pretty well. And you're doing okay even for The Walking Dead. So 14.43 million. And then another 2.2 million tuned in at the 11 p.m. rebroadcast. So, you know, some of that's probably the same people. If you add those up, you're you're right up there. So, yeah. Very that's good. That's way too late for me. I was in bed by then. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people, uh, a lot of adults stay up past 9.30, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you they could be sleeping. They could be. Um, And just in case you wanted to know, AMC's Talking Dead show, which of course comes on right after the 9 p.m. broadcast at 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, took in 5.6 million viewers. So it's not doing too bad itself. Yeah, no kidding. Doing all right. Okay, without further ado, let's move on into the main segment of the show, listener feedback. Listener feedback. All right, I feel like we've got a nice, big, packed feedback show this week, so... Uh, nice and meaty. Yeah, very meaty, like a sandwich in Montreal. Like a Montreal smoked meat sandwich. Of feedback. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> of words. That's right. Uh, okay, Katie in the UK writes, we'll start with her. She said, I thought the title of the episode, Remember, was quite appropriate, because throughout the episode, there were quite a lot of things that we saw and things that were said that made us think back to previous seasons, like Rick wearing a police uniform again, Carol mentioned Ed, and Carl talking about how he had to kill Lori. I can also honestly say that I have no idea where the show is heading, which uh, makes me feel really excited. Well, Katie, let me tell you. I'll tell you exactly where this show is heading. All right. I'm not going to, because I would spoil the comic. I'm not going to do it. Well, uh, in case you didn't listen, and I feel the same way as Katie. That's why I wanted to read this one. I don't know 
exactly where the show is heading. And I think I said this on Monday that it's the first time in a little while I feel like I'm not kind of able to see what the next few steps are on this show. And I mentioned that's because my recollection of this time during the comic isn't as good as the rest of it. I've only read it once, and I'll be honest, I felt like the comic hit a bit of a slowdown lull period during this, right? during Alexandria, so I don't know if I just wasn't as invested in it and I didn't pay attention as well. I read it all. I did read it, but it just hasn't stuck in my mind, so I don't know where the show's going, and I love that feeling. Are we going to have a situation... uh like the Game of Thrones where the television show might outrun the source material? It it could. Well, Game of Thrones isn't there yet, right? No, it's not there, but it's uh, it's it's going to happen. Like with Game of Thrones, uh, everybody's predicting that it's going to outrun the source material. Uh I'm just I'm wondering if that would happen here, like just the the like we're in Alexandria now and in the comic book series, uh, how many years did it take to get there uh, versus the five years it took us to get here? You know, I, I, yeah. I feel like uh, in the next couple of seasons, if we have two more seasons, that we might outrun the source material. We could. Um, you know, I don't... Yeah, like, we're getting closer and closer to catching up to the comic, obviously, because TV show just, by nature, moves quicker. Yeah. Um so we could. I mean, season six is renewed already, and there's no reason to believe that there won't be a season seven and probably eight. So by then, you got to think we will have at least caught up or surpassed where we are in the comic, and that'll be uncharted territory. Yeah, and that'll be scary. Scary. But don't forget, we also have a spinoff show coming, which has nothing to do with the comics. So, um, you know, you'll get that feeling from, from that show, too. Right, that's true. That unknown feeling. All right, now, next we have a call from Michael in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Yeah, you know, I should have put this one first, because this is actually about um, last week's episode, The Distance, but I wanted to play it. Uh, but so, we're going to take a step back in time and okay. talk about The Distance for a second. Sure. Hi, Chris and Jason. This is Michael in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. And I had a call and leave uh, some feedback on episode 203 of your podcast. A listener called in and commented on Noah lying to Alan about his leg, and then Chris agreed and supported what he said. In, ep- in Season 5, Episode 4, Slabtown, when Beth meets Noah, he explains when they found him and his dad, they were messed up. He then pulls up his pant leg, showing a huge scar running down the length of it. Now, he might re-injure it when he drops down the elevator shaft, but he was limping prior to that, so who knows. So really, he's telling Alan the truth. And you guys are about as mistrusting of everybody as Rick is in this, at this point. Just had to tell you, I have, it was so frustrated that I was yelling so much at the podcast <laughs> that I had to turn it off because I was getting too worked up. Anyway... Aww. Just wanted to let you know, love your podcast, listen to it all the time, keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Michael. (laughs) Thanks, Michael. Um, Okay, so first of all, he loves us enough that he can yell at us and get so mad he had to turn it off. Right. Well, that's that's an emotional investment that uh, is quite significant. Absolutely. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. That's great. I mean, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing is, 
I just wanted to clarify, I think, my feelings on that scene a little bit. Uh, I did recall, and I did, and maybe this didn't come across when I was talking about it, but I definitely recalled that Noah was in that accident with his dad and they were messed up. I, I must admit, I don't remember him pulling up his pant leg and showing Beth the scar, but I do remember him talking about that with her. Right. However, I still think it's unusual that he, when asked why, you know, he was limping or what's wrong with his leg, I think it's unusual for some reason to me that he would go back to the original injury rather than talk about the one that had just happened. I fell down an elevator shaft, I twisted my ankle or whatever it was. Right. Um, maybe that's just me. Like, I don't know, maybe when, maybe the one, the big injury, the original injury is the one that would stick in your head. But at least for me watching it, I sort of felt like he had that first injury, he recovered from it. Maybe he had a bit of a weak leg and then he fell down an elevator shaft and re-injured it. And that's probably what he would have mentioned. But, um, I didn't mean... So do you think that, uh, Herschel, uh, after he had his leg cut off, uh, you know, a couple of months later, if he fell down and uh, whacked his stump on something and somebody said what's wrong you think he would he would say i whacked my foot i think so you think so rather than saying my foot's cut off well when you first started talking i thought oh he has a good point but then by the end of it i was like everyone knows herschel's a different scenario though everybody at the prison knows what happened to his leg so if he you know if he falls down and hurts himself again, it's well, like, not if they happened? ask him right then, but like if he's uh, all of a sudden, you know, he's favoring the leg, uh, and he meets somebody new, and uh, they say, "What what's wrong with your with your leg?" Is he is he going to say, "I bumped it," or "I got it's cut off"? It was chopped off. Um, okay, you, you you make a good point there. I but it doesn't work for me because we as viewers we saw the leg get chopped off then. Theoretically, he has another injury that we see, and he he you know right. goes back to the leg. With Noah, we didn't see the original injury. We saw the effect of it, and we saw him talking about it. So when it comes to what happened to your leg, I was just expecting him to say, "Fell down an elevator shaft, I twisted my ankle, or whatever it was, and that's why it hurts." Right. So I don't know. I don't I know. think they're both right answers, and. Both wrong. That's the problem. They're both right answers. The most important thing is that Michael got so angry he had to turn the podcast off. Yes, that's that's very important. <laughs> and the fact that we're super mistrustful trustful of everybody. Well, there's that too. All right, Floyd uh, in Lancaster, Ohio, Ohio, had this to say. Hey, guys. Floyd from Lancaster, Ohio here. Uh, I just wanted to mention a couple of things about uh, Alexandria um, and, and generally the population and the size. Um, I know you guys were kind of uh, talking about that, and I, I agreed with most things that you were saying. Um, one thing uh, was where are these children at that they heard when they pulled up to the gate? Because I didn't really see any playing children when they went in. Um, also, just at the size of, of Alexandria, I was kind of surprised uh, if you go on the AMC site and you kind of you can get kind of uh, – like street view shots of Alexandria, and then it has an overall map. Uh, even the overall map only shows about 10 or 12 houses and a couple other buildings. So I was a little surprised that it was that small as well. Um, and finally, uh, Chris, I'm glad you, you kind of commented on uh, the same feelings I had as far as the comic. I thought Alexandria was where the comic kind of took a lull. Um, and when they met Aaron, um, there were some lines in that that kind of reminded me of a character they meet later uh, in the comic, and I thought they were going to kind of combine two communities and the stories behind two communities, and 
introduce uh, characters that you guys have mentioned before, uh, particularly one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's where they're headed or not. But uh, great show. Appreciate it. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. Great. Thank you, Floyd. Um, what I wanted to bring uh, mention there is you can actually go to AMC's site and do a Street View tour, you know, built on Google Maps of, uh, of um, Alexandria. Nifty. Which is kind of cool. And I, I went and tried it out, and I think I read somewhere that they will expand it as new areas are opened up. So next week, you know, we get a new episode. Presumably there'll be some new location within Alexandria uh, that we see. They don't and want then, to spoil anything. Right. They're just showing, for now, you can look at the two houses where our group are living and the main gate, and you can actually step outside the gate and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of neat, and it's sort of fun to play with. Um, and one other thing is another listener sent in, oh, and I forget who it was now. I should have made a note, but sent in um, uh, some screenshots of, of actual Google Maps where Alexandria is filmed. And it's, this, it's the same town that they filmed Woodbury. It's actually Sonoy, Georgia. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. It's like two blocks away from, nice. the, from the main strip where you and I were when yeah. we were down in Georgia. Uh, and, you know, had I known, I would have gone and wandered around this neighborhood. But, of course, we had no idea at the time. But the interesting thing is, on Google Maps, you can see the walls that they built around this collection of streets. Huh. Cool. So the, you're actually looking at the set, which is kind of cool. Uh, so the car was driving around at the time that they were filming. Oh, no, not Street View, from the from the satellite view. Oh, from the satellite view. You can see the shadows of the walls. There's these, these walls built all the way around this one section, and you can see the shadows. So it's pretty cool. It's really, cool. it's really neat. They don't actually have Street View for the whole area. They just have the little bit... It's weird. They just have the little bit for the um, the Street View Alexandria tour that AMC is doing. Right. So Okay. So it must have been done with a different technology. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Floyd also mentioned that uh, where what happened to the kids playing. Like mm-hmm. the sound that Rick could hear over the wall. Uh, we don't get that sound when we're inside the walls. And he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's a, like, they have power. Do you think that they're uh, broadcasting a recording to make it sound like an inviting place? Uh, I don't know. Unless Alexandria turns out to be a really, really dark place that is that is trying to fool people like that, I don't see any reason for doing that. I think maybe there were some kids there. Maybe it was all in Rick's mind. Maybe he's like, I want to believe this is a good place. And so oh, he's hallucinating the whole thing. That's true. <laughs> all right. Well, he's okay. So he's coming back to Crazy Town. Well, a lot of people think that might be the case. Yeah. So he's on he's on the Crazy Highway and he's left Crazy Town, but now he's going. Uh, he's you know pulling into Insaneville. Right. If he's not actually pulling into Insaneville, it could be just that there were kids there. And, um, you know, when they decided to bring in these new people, maybe the first thing they do is say, okay, kids, go inside. We don't know what's going to happen here. You guys should be safe. And uh, and they just haven't seen them yet. Or he's just, you know, passing through audio hallucination berg. <laughs> yeah, it's one of, one of those things, one of those yeah. places, you know. Right. <laughs> he is so, the guy who, who talked on a phone to nobody. So you never know with this guy, Rick. Yeah, it's true. All right, next we have an email from Alan in North Ants. Is that how you pronounce that? North Ants? 
Northants? 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 England. <laughs> Just wanted to make the point about not seeing many people in Alexandria. My theory is that they are trying to portray the town as a big community. When we saw Woodbury, we really saw we really only saw the main street. Uh, putting just 10 people on the street made it look busy, but the same number in four or five streets makes it look, em- look empty. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you put 10 people in Woodbury in the background and there's it's a crowd. In here, you put 10 people around and it's just like a couple guys in their yard and like somewhere else, everyone else is somewhere else. That's like the, the population of Canada is pretty much equal to the population of Mexico City. So you put... 30 million people in Mexico City, there's a lot of damn people. You take 30 some odd million people and spread them out throughout Canada, uh, you could go up north and never see another human being again. (laughs) That's right. We have a lot of damn space in this country. Yes. A lot of forests, a lot of mountains, a lot of lakes, and uh, not so many people. Yeah. And that reminds me of a a joke. If I really wanted, I could uh, go underwater and hold my breath for the rest of my life. (laughs) Hilarious, Jason. Yes. Thanks. If you really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next is a call from James in Salem. Hey, guys. It's James from Salem. Um, I just wanted to say a couple things here. Um, first to that, I was surprised that how much I want this community for the group. I feel as tired as they do, that they were struggling on the road and it's surprised me that I was like, oh, let this be a good place. All right, James, I'm going to stop you there. Um, after that, he goes into a prediction that I didn't really want to get into right now. But uh, I feel the same way. I feel the same thing. Like, I just want something nice to happen to our group for a little while, even if it's just a short time before the shit hits the fan again. Well, it has to hit the fan again because we can't just have contentment from this point forward, right? Of course not. Because what are we gonna do? We're gonna you're gonna switch gears from the Walking Dead zombie apocalypse, and all of a sudden it's gonna be happy days, or Pleasantville, or Pleasant not not even Pleasantville because Pleasantville everything was black and white, which is interesting. It's an interesting analogy, Chris. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, but uh, I I think happy days would be better because then we could have uh, Al's. They could all go to Al's and you know get a soda. Yeah, That'd that's cool. right. Or the Peach Pit. Maybe this will turn into nine hundred two one zero. Oh, God, I hope not. I'd have to stop watching. Everyone will sleep And then with come each over other. to your house and slap you. <laughs> Remember when we watched 90210 and it almost killed you? <laughs> it it did. Yeah. I, I think it did. I, I was reeling, mentally reeling from it. You died a little bit that day, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. I just, I know it's not going to stay happy and warm for the, the whole time, but I just do want something nice to happen to these people, and I'm looking forward to... Just a short time of great. Everything's good. We're fine. And then someone's going to come along and drive a dump truck through it. So, Yeah, probably a dump we, truck full of bodies. <laughs> something like that. Half bodies, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So we have, uh, is this, am I right, John from San Francisco? That is correct. Cool. Hey, Chris and Jason. This is John in San Francisco, California. Love your podcast. Hey, on the last episode, remember... Uh, did I miss something when Rick went out on his little walk and was looking for his gun in the blender? He had a gun with him, and I'm not seeing... I thought they were supposed to turn in all their weapons, so maybe I missed something, but just thought I'd mention that because nobody's talked about it. Thanks for the podcast. Take it easy. Bye. All right, John. So I know the answer to this. All right. The answer is they had to 
put their guns in storage when they were inside the walls, but they could sign them out again anytime they wanted to go outside the walls. That is what Olivia said. Um, I think she said that. Olivia is the one who was yeah. collecting the guns. Yeah, they can sign them out whenever they want. So yeah. for the they're f- still your guns. Yeah. Uh, just you know, when you want to go outside the wall, sign them out. You're good to go. You know, yep. when you come back, you got to put them back in the vault. Yeah, and for the first time, they've come to some place where, you know, they've had their weapons taken away, but nobody is reluctant to give them back when necessary. Right. Which is good. And it's not like they need permission to go outside the walls either, right? I think, you know, Rick just kind of left. And they're like, you want to go outside the wall? Fine. You know, see you later. Yeah. There are, no, nobody's stopping anybody from going outside the walls. No, there are some fundamental differences about Alexandria that way. You know, they're not prisoners there and no and they don't feel like prisoners there you know yeah no one is pretending that they're free when they're not really and stuff like that they can get their gun they can leave whenever they want you know and uh, they can probably take a vehicle if they if they had one so yeah it must nice feel, Hyundai must feel pretty nice a nice Hyundai yeah yeah they must have a nice Hyundai kicking around there somewhere <laughs> we have a selection of them here take your pick <laughs> they're all beautifully washed and clean we don't yeah, drink of course we don't drink the water we use it to scrub our cars of course. <laughs> Actually, I think the Hyundai sponsorship is over, eh? Well, I know. Officially. I was, I'm just still making fun. There'll be something else, though, maybe. Next, it'll be Ford or... Jeep, or, man. If you're going to, you know, sponsor the zombie apocalypse, it's, uh, you know, make it a Jeep. Why not make it a Jeep? All right. Jessica from right here in Toronto has a call, and this is what it sounded like. Hey, guys. It's Jessica from here in Toronto. Uh, I just wanted to throw out my theory about what Carol's up to with her Lavender Cardigan Junior League routine. Um, I'm thinking that she's just playing it safe, you know? Um, If it turns out that any of the Alexandrites have some kind of evil scheme cooked up, they're probably going to think to target, you know, like Rick, Michonne, Daryl, Abraham, people who are obvious threats. And, I mean, if the people of Alexandria knew Carol like we know Carol, then they'd know that she's one to look out for too, but... She makes this point of saying that she needed to be looked after by everyone else. So I think this is her camouflage. She's sort of blending into the background in case the group is threatened and she needs to pop out of the woodwork and just be a total badass and save everyone like she did at Terminus. So that's my theory on it. Thanks, guys. Keep the podcast coming. Thank you, Jessica. Um, That's basically what Carol's doing. We've got a few more emails coming up now along the same lines. All right, we have first one is uh, Dylan in Hull, UK. I love the way they wrote Carol and Daryl in this episode. Carol in particular. Did you notice her sketching out the layout of Alexandria on the notepad she stole? Total badassery in full effect. Genuinely great writing this episode. They had so many characters to shoehorn in, reacting to new situations in an authentic way. Uh, And I think they pulled it off. Yeah, I think so too. I did not notice what she was sketching on that notepad. She picked it up in the second house when she went in with Carl and then immediately went back outside. And then later that night sitting with the group in the communal sleeping living room, she was sitting there sketching something and silly me. I didn't try to pay attention to what it was, but if it was a layout of Alexandria, she's making a map. She's keeping track of things. She's writing down recipes. She's trying to recall (laughs) all her recipes for, uh, for cooking stuff. Maybe, but I don't think so. All right, so toast is made how again? Okay, so take two slices of bread and then something. Damn it. 
And then something. You soak See? them in water. No, that yeah, doesn't yeah. sound you gotta, right. No, you got to soak them for a while and then dry them out. Oh. And then uh, put them in some kind of, uh, what what do you call that thing again? I think microwave. Micro want, micro toaster wave. Oh, the micro toaster wave. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. That's a really small toaster that <laughs> that has waves printed on the side. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, anyways, I didn't notice what she was sketching. If it was a map, that's very cool. Aaron in Syracuse, New York, where they have 60 inches of snow in the last 28 days, says wow. Aaron, which is a lot. But I'll be honest, up here, not so much in Toronto, but we feel your pain. So we're we're exactly twenty eight days later in uh, from Syracuse, New York, when it started snowing. I guess, geez. So this is twenty eight days later. That's well, pretty scary. I, he, I don't know when. I don't know exactly when he wrote this email. It was in the last couple of days, though. So still, neat coincidence. Neat coincidence. Aaron says, "I thought this was one of the funniest and best episodes we've had in a while." Even though there were other good performances, I'd have to give the awards to Carol and Daryl. Both for comedic timing, Carol's hose you down comment was almost as funny to me as Daryl's dinner comment, and for the fact that they each had their own ways of feeling out the new community. Daryl just decided to be Daryl and see how people liked that. He could have put the possum down on the table, but I think he held on to it as a way to say, this is me, take it or leave it. Carol decided to use skills she learned in her abusive marriage to pretend to be happy and blend in as a way to feel out the group. I wondered why Carol was acting so sheepish and goofy with her big gun until her interview, which made me realize it was just an act. That's a very good point, Aaron, about the uh, skills she learned in an abusive marriage. I hadn't considered that aspect. Pretend to be happy. Yeah. Which, I mean... You, you you don't want to think that that's a skill you want to have in life to deal with a situation you're in that's not very good, but, yep. you know, it's it's something that she had to do for part of her life, and I guess it's paying off now, if you can say that sort of thing. Right. I don't I know. I think Daryl's Daryl's uh, being Daryl, but I think he's being Daryl plus. I think he's kind of he's kind of pushing it a little bit. I think he's doing it more than he normally would just to make a point that this is how he is and you damn well better like it because I'm carrying this possum around with me until I skin it. Do you think he's act- it out. Do you think he's sort of actively rejecting Alexandria a little bit by doing that? I think he, I don't know if it's rejection. I think it's uh, rebellion. I don't know if there's a slight distinction there. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just rebelling against the, you know, the, the cultural norm here. Cause that just doesn't fit within his, uh, you know, personal, goals in life. So I think it's, it's, he's rebelling against, I don't think it's outright rejection. I just think he's being a, uh, a bit rebellious. Right. Well, that's, that's in his nature, I think a little bit, right? Yeah. All right. Next we have an email from uh, X-Wolf in Boston, Mass. I think Carol is definitely working a smart angle uh, with the who me, use a gun, kill a walker, blow up a train yard full of cannibals and rescue my (laughs) friends. No, that's not me. I don't even know how to get this rifle off my shoulder. I can cook for the elderly. I'm good at that. <laughs> Thank you, former wolf. <laughs> I, which I assume ex-wolf means. No, it's like ex-games. It doesn't mean they're, they're former games. It just means that they're extreme. He's an extreme wolf. Oh, he's not a former wolf. Right. All right. I do think he has a good point, though. Uh, he or she, I suppose. Ex-wolf could be a lady. True. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and then let's go right next to Bill in Maryland. Bill says, Carol is hiding her abilities to take the target off her back. Everyone will look at Rick, Daryl, and Michonne as the main threats. 
If things go south, nobody would expect Carol to be one of the most capable fighters in the group. This gives her and the group a chance at using deception and surprise to their advantage. This is a tactical move and pure brilliance. She is a social ninja. She's hiding in plain sight, socially. Yes, she <laughs> socially. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that yeah, I I think uh, I think that's going to be an interesting. Uh, I think we're going to get to play with that a little bit over the next couple episodes, and I think it's going to pay off. I think we're 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 buying into it right now, but I, I think it's going to pay off big. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Next, we have uh, an email from Wendy in Vancouver, BC. Daryl, this whole caveman backwater redneck redneck thing is just too much. I love Daryl and get why he's like this, but take a damn shower already. There's no need to gut a dead animal on the porch. <laughs> well, I guess some people could see it that way. You know, he just he's he's rebelling, as you said, but maybe he just needs to think about things for a second and realize that it's okay to be here and he can clean himself up and still be Daryl but he doesn't have to stink and leave piles of blood all over the place. Right. I think Daryl takes a shower uh, once every eight months, whether he needs it or not. <laughs> right. Whether he's in the zombie apocalypse or not, he, yeah. he showers every six to eight months. That's right. <laughs> Incidentally, Wendy, I will be in Vancouver tomorrow for a couple of days. So if you see me, say hi. Yeah. I'm going to be spending all of Friday in some big mall, I think Metroland or something like that. I don't know. So that's a hint as to where I'll be. Yes, it'll right. be fun for you. It will be. I and possibly Wendy. I like <laughs> possibly. I like <laughs> Vancouver, and the nice thing is, it's warm there. Oh, it's going to be like twelve degrees on Friday. I think. Yeah, that's going to be so nice. I bet you tulips are blooming, and the grass is green, and oh, it's going to be nice. Vancouver's nice. Get away from this shithole we live in. All right, Brian in Queens writes. I believe there's a reason to worry about Daryl Dixon if Alexandria turns out to be a nice, civilized place. His life pre-zombie apocalypse was in shambles. He was the product of a broken home, a violent father, and poverty. He was an outsider with a clear sense of a clear case of low self-esteem and probably severe psychological problems to boot. Then came the Walkers. His role in life changed. He was important. He found a role with a group who accepted and respected him. Will the change back to civilization be tough for him? Will he start to believe that his skill set, once so prized, is now devalued? He doesn't seem too happy right now. Plus, we've already seen at Herschel's farm that he didn't take too well to safety and civilization. Hopefully, with any luck, Alexandria has a resident cognitive behavioral therapist to help Mr. Dixon deal with these issues. Every plant community has a cognitive behavioral therapist therapist that's the first person you bring in in a planned community the cognitive behavioral therapist right right i i can't i mean people that move into there need that kind of therapy that's true <laughs> i don't know right. what i mean by that but probably nothing <laughs> <laughs> i think daryl will fit in eventually but uh, i think he's going to have some uh, some troubling times ahead until somebody makes him take a shower he will but you know what's going to happen he's going to take his time he'll get to that point where he takes his shower he'll step out of the shower everyone will go oh daryl dixon like, is now acclimatized and then something's going to happen and the shit's going to hit the fan and he'll have to put back on the sleeveless shirt and take care of business daryl's hair is black right yes do you think when he washes it, it'll be brown? Oh, man, I hope so. It'd be <laughs> awesome if he washed his hair and it turned blonde. 
it was all like blonde and curly. Oh, that'd be beautiful. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, I don't know if blonde, but I just think like a, a brown, a brown, you know, mossy, uh, mousy brown with curls, I think would be fantastic. I want to know everybody, ladies or dudes out there, if you're into Daryl Dixon, if he washed his hair and it came out curly and brown or even like dirty blonde. I'm thinking Fabio. What do you think? Would you like that? Or do you like the Daryl with straight black grease hair? Right. It's <laughs> a good I question. Know. I want to know. All right, so next we have uh, an email from Dave in Coventry, UK. I loved this episode. The recorded interviews were great. Daryl's being my favorite. I thought it played out nice and smoothly throughout the episode, with the group starting to relax but not get too complacent. Uh, I also liked Badass Glenn in this episode, stealth dodging, then sparking that guy with one punch. That's two Alexandrians punched in two weeks. Can they make it three out of three next week? We will find out. I don't know. Every episode has to have an Alexandria Alexandrian punched in the face. Punch, punch a guy a week. Yeah, one punch a week. Pat from Greensboro writes, oh, and this is a holy crap moment, but I'm putting it here because I can do Why whatever not? I want. Yeah. Pat writes, my holy crap moment of this episode had to be Daryl bull, bull rushing that other guy and slamming him into the ground after Glenn punched Aiden. Uh, then he looked like a caged wild animal just trying to get his prey. Both Daryl and Glenn were pretty badass. That's true. We've had a lot of badass comments in this episode so far. Well, that's the second one, I think. But yeah, maybe that's... No, it's, it's the third. At least the third. All right. Well, more than usual for sure. And I know we've been talking about Daryl a lot, but Daryl is the one character here who's... Who's well, maybe not the one. Him and Carol are the two that are having the most interesting reaction to Alexandria, I think. That's true. Yep. You know, Carol is is playing a character and Daryl is just being he's almost reverting down to sort of more, you know, in his own brain, Daryl kind of. Right. So all right, we have uh we have Bernard in London, UK. The interviews uh they're all getting, I think, is more to find them jobs than to see if they individually fit in. Also, the book Michonne took on the interview is crime and punishment. A crime without punishment. Yes, that is key. That is key. It's not crime and punishment. Um, so first of all, good point about the interviews. We had said that, you know, these are the interviews, these are the audition tapes, basically, where they're deciding if they want to let them in or not. But I think Bernard makes a good point in saying that they've already decided, or um, Deanna has already decided that yeah. they're coming in. These interviews are just to find out what they're all about and what they might be good at in the community. Right. I think that that's, makes that's, a lot of that's sense. Some, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. And then the book. Okay, so Crime Without Punishment. A whole bunch of people wrote in to let us know that it wasn't crime and punishment. Right. Um, uh, or what did we say? Yeah. We said crime and punishment, yeah. but it's crime without punishment. So Eve from Apex, North Carolina, sent wrote in, and Kim in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Kim even sent a, a Reddit thread that was discussing what that could mean, what that book what significance that book could have within the show. So wait, it's not a real book? It is a real book. Oh, okay. It is. And then Kevin in Calgary sent a description. He said, the book is the much drier and dustier account written by a United States senator from his time on a government committee investigating corruption on American labor unions at the end of the Eisenhower administration. So, Oh my God, their description <laughs> bored me. That sounds... <laughs> Super boring. <laughs> yeah, that description was was boring. So it's not crime and punishment, crime without punishment. Uh, and it's the kind of book that 
a congressperson might have in their house. It could be, yes. I would. I could see that. Right? Even though Deanna didn't, I mean, that wasn't her house pre-apocalypse. Maybe she just, she maybe she chose that house when they were sent to Alexandria because of crime without punishment. Yeah, and they could be scavenging as well. You know, you hit the local library, hit the Barnes & Noble if there's one around there, and start looking for books, and you're like, you know what? I've got everything else covered. We've got power. We've got lights. We've got running water. We have a pig pen full of pigs that we can have bacon. Uh, we have, uh, you know, chickens and eggs and, you know, barley and whatever else we needed. I've even found a liquor store that we're going to drink <laughs> from every now and again. Yep. You, you know, what do you, what do you need after all that stuff? Crime without punishment. You need books. So you, you know, you get a shopping cart and you fill it up with a bunch of crap books that uh, you may or may not ever read, but it looks good on your shelf. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. You need books. Books are not the first thing you need, uh, but they're one of the last. <laughs> and it's true. you can always light a fire with them if you get desperate. Yes, but not when they're closed. You have to rip them open first. True. And I, I don't condone burning the books, but you know what? If you need we a We talked about this, didn't we? we, we tax law. Books on tax law oh, you can burn. Right, right, right. Tax law, no problem. Phone uh, books, no problem. Yeah. It's, you know, it's crime without punishment. You know, I'd kind of be on the fence with it, but uh, I'd probably not burn it. I'd go after a tax law book of some kind. All right. Very good. Or sub- subatomic particle physics. Like, fuck it. I, you know, nobody's going to understand this shit for 180 years from now. So <laughs> it's it's not going to help you kill any zombies. That's for sure. Right. But a flaming torch might. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're up next. Am I up next? Where are we? We're in... Uh, Paul in Bakersfield. Paul, are you sure we didn't do Kevin in Calgary? I did. He's the <clears> one who <throat> talked about the boring... You forgot it already. The boring book description. Oh, description. right. Okay. All right. So Paul in Bakersfield. I think that Rick looking at the knife in the kitchen was to see if they were still there. If the people in Alexandria were being disingenuous, I think they might have removed potential weapons from the house. Great point, Paul. I wondered what Rick was doing in the middle of light, the night looking for a knife in the kitchen. I think Paul has hit it on the head. He was just yep. looking to see if they left knives in the house to see if they trusted them. That Yeah, I can uh, I can get on board with that, Paul. Me too. All right, Lindsay in the UK writes, Afternoon, my favorite Canadian menfolk. Nice. <laughs> we are menfolk, Jason. Well, of course we are. Anyway, Rick's gun. When they were going into Alexandria and Carl spotted the woman in the house, was that woman the young girl who Carl follows? She probably goes out quite often from the speed she shimmied up that fence. Obviously watching them, I think she went out and uh, to retrieve the gun, she saw Rick hide. Thoughts? I'm not sure she's the gun snatcher. But it is the girl Rick uh, Carl saw climb the fence. That I do believe. Yes, it's definitely her. She was outside when they were on their way in, and uh, she didn't want to be noticed, but Carl caught a glimpse of her before she disappeared. You don't think she took the gun? Maybe she I did. I don't think it was her. I don't well, I think it could be her, but I I I don't think it was. Okay. You think it could I, be I her, know. but you don't think it was. <laughs> right. I think the possibility exists, but the probability does not. All right. In my mind. Yeah, I mean, but it's an interesting idea because if she is sneaking out and sneaking around and doing who knows what, she could have witnessed from the bushes Rick hide that gun there. I don't know if she would just stumble across it by accident, because why would she go looking for a gun in a blender in a junk pile? But if she saw him put it there, why not take it? 
Well, it's all a matter of what lessons you've learned, right? Like now, every time I see a junk pile with a blender, I'm going to look for a gun, right? (laughs) So maybe this has happened to her, you know, or whoever found the gun a couple of times over the last uh, 15 years, and they just know, pile of junk, blender, gun. So, you know, it's all a matter of what your personal experience is. Yeah, yeah, it happens to you once, put two and two together, it's going to happen again. Right. Okay. We'll find out. Next, we have uh, an email from Sean in Oakville, Ontario, Canada. Uh, Didn't it seem to you that they still needed to drive a fair way before reaching Alexandria when the RV broke down? This was after uh, after Rick hid the gun in the blender. However, in the last episode, Rick and Carl, Carl were on foot when they went to that very same house with the blender canister. Am I missing something? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just not that far. Well, we, what we're missing is time. Like, you know, uh, how much time did it take to drive from the blender to Alexandria? Why did they stop? Because they got a flat tire. No, so, because oh, the, the battery RV broke down. The battery yeah. uh, decharged or whatever. Yeah, if they were that close, they're like, it's right around the corner. Why don't we just walk? Well, that's that's what Sean is getting at, I think. You know, if it was just half a mile up the road, let's just walk there. We'll be fine. Why mess around and drive another half mile? So you got to think it was at least a few miles still, maybe more. Yep. And and then that would mean that Glenn went on, you know, a pretty long walk back to get that gun, not to mention Carl and not to mention uh, the girl. Uh, what's her name again? I uh, don't remember. Ida? Ida? Something like that. I think I have sure. it later on down here. Maybe they were walking for three days. Maybe they, Rick wanted to go find out what's going on, and he spent three days in the woods uh, with Carl and that other girl following him. Definitely not three days. It was the same damn day. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it did seem awfully close uh, when walking from Alexandria, and it did seem awfully far when driving to Alexandria. You're you're right, Sean. Yeah. So I think but I, I think you're right, though. We just we just don't have the time frame down. You know, we didn't see the drive, and we didn't see the walk. So. Um, you know, maybe it makes sense. They don't want to leave the, the RV out there. They want to keep it because it's a valuable vehicle to have. Yeah, but it's not far. If it's just within, you know, 15 minute walk, you know, screw it. Just leave the RV. Uh, oh, the battery's broke. We got like 40 Hyundai in the walls. We'll just go get a battery and bring it back. You know, we'll be back in the morning. You know, it's not like these zombies are going to hotwire the damn thing and take off. No, you're right. you're right. So. I mean, it 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 seems strange, but I think we're just gonna have to chalk it up to it was that perfect distance away that it was just a little too far to not drive, but <laughs> not too far to walk. Yeah, it's too far to walk, but not far if you want to walk. Exactly. You can yeah. walk it. You just don't want to. <laughs> right. So, and you know, as far as timing goes, I think we have to do. Uh, I think we just have to assume here. Uh, what we assume in 24. You've never watched 24. No, never. But uh, Jack Bauer got around Los Angeles uh, very, 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 very fast. I think they timed him one time getting from point A to point B, and he didn't have to be driving like 300 miles an hour uh, to get there in the three minutes that it took for the commercial break. Uh, so what we have to do is just assume that everything is a lot closer and or a lot farther away than it appears on TV. I always just assumed that Jack Bauer could teleport. Cause he, no, no, he drives. He can do he everything else. He also flies else, a helicopter. He? See? Flies a helicopter, drives. I think he can just teleport if he wanted to. Man, that he can really break a finger, too. He's really good at breaking fingers, just in case you're wondering. 
All right. I've never seen it. Now I'm not sure I want to. <laughs> uh, am I up next? You are. Patience on the internet writes, I love this episode. I sort of trust Aaron and Deanna, maybe, but I don't trust Alexandria as a whole at all. Jessie seems very phony and sort of like her job is to seduce Rick into staying. The ROTC guy and his buddy need to go. Also, I want to know what happened to Enid's people. There's no way she survived all that time on her own. Something seems fishy there. Her name is Enid. <laughs> Enid. There we go. And, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting... Um, it's an interesting juxtaposition here where I do feel like I trust most of the people in Alexandria. I feel like Deanna is on the straight and narrow and I trust her. Yet when you consider the whole thing, everything doesn't quite add up with Alexandria. And and I don't know. They've got to have, there's got to be something about that place that isn't as it seems. I think right. they've, I think they, the, the writers have done a good job at giving us a lot of these trusting things, but also making us feel uneasy about it all. Yeah, it's a very fine line. And uh, I would I would agree with you and Patience in that uh, some people I do trust, Aaron I trust. Um, uh, Deanna, yeah, I'm not sure I trust Deanna yet, but uh, Enid, I'm right on board with Enid. I think she's, <laughs> uh, she's completely trustworthy. I think she's quiet and a little bit mistrustful of other people, but uh, I think she's all right. She's the one who's sneaking out, and you're like, yeah, she's good. Yeah, she's fine. Why would she? Yeah, she doesn't. Uh, that's fine. What's wrong with uh, going outside the wall every now and again? Why not use the gate? Uh, she could because she's younger, and maybe maybe her parents are there. Maybe her parents are there, and everything's fine with her people. She's just one of the people that came in, and that she's not sneaking out because Alexandria won't let her out, but she is sneaking out because her mom won't let her out. Could be, and you know what? You're too young to go out outside the wall and fight zombie, young lady. Teenagers will be teenagers, and uh, they just want to do what their parents don't want them to. Maybe it's uh, it's she is more comfortable with sneaking out than asking to go out. Right. You know, can you open the gate for me? Sure. You know, that's super annoying because you have to put yourself out there, make yourself beholden to somebody who opened the damn gate for you, and you're a hormonal teenager, so what's the easier thing to do? Climb over the freaking wall. I don't have to talk to nobody. I don't have to ask nobody. I'm not beholden to anybody, and I'm outside, and nobody knows, and they can just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> you seem to know a lot about teenagers. I was a teenage girl for a while. Awesome. <laughs> There, see? One, one more thing that uh, everyone needs to know about Jason. For a week and a half, really. He was a teenage girl for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next we have a call from Mike in Alabama. Hey, guys, this is Mike from Alabama. I think that Remember Remember was one of the most awesome episodes I've seen in a long time. It just had so much little clues. It had so many little clues there uh, that I think you're going to pay off down the road. But I loved the scene where Glenn whooped the guy's Aiden's ass. I, I watched that a couple of times because it really showed the contrast between the folks that are there and, and our intrepid heroes. They just pounced right on them, and, and they, they could have really taken them. But the reason for the call is uh, I noticed that there's a lot of deceit going on. Uh, from Carol with the, the story that she has uh, on the video screen or the interview with the, the Deanna, uh, with, with Noah, with the backstories that he's kind of spinning 
for each person that are really different. And then the main thing I noticed that when Jessie was cutting Rick's hair, uh, she brought up a lot of things about herself and her kids, but she never mentioned that she was married. She never mentioned her husband. And I'm married, and if I was in a situation like that where uh, I, I was having some kind of a discussion like that with somebody of the opposite sex, and it looked like they, there was a definite attraction between them, or at least from Jesse to Rick, I would definitely mention that I'm married. That would be one of the first things that would come out of my mouth before I have kids. So I think that they're setting a lot of things up to hopefully pay off before this season is over, I'm hoping. Like with that, with Pete, uh, with the gun that's missing, with the recording of the interviews, uh, with the, 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 the ladder that's coming down out of the attic, and there's just a lot of weird things going on. So I think this is an awesome episode. Thanks, guys. Right on. Thanks, Mike. I think Mike is absolutely right. I mean, right. I mean, heck, he was on, uh, he called in for what, a two and a half minute phone call? And he already told us that he was married. So I think the fact that she didn't tell him <laughs> that uh, she was married is a bit suspicious. It is. It is. And um, speaking of trust, I mean, he just laid out a bunch of stuff there that, you know, you can question and people are not really telling each other the whole story or trusting each other and so on. Right. Oh, Mr. Mann, uh, thank you for uh, answering the door with your shirt off. Do you want me to come in and play with your hair for half an hour and then not mention that you're married? Yeah. Now, Rick does say, you don't even know me. Like, he questions that decision or that that uh, offer of hers at first. Right. But then he I goes know you're it. shirtless. <laughs> That's all I need to know. <laughs> I know that much. I'm, you want me to tell you off? I'm delivering you toilet paper, and yeah. I want to come in and cut your hair. Yeah, I want to tell you off and cut your hair, and uh, we can have a nice little chat, and I can forget the fact that I'm married for a little while. Was she wearing a ring? I don't know. I didn't notice. Me neither. But Pete's her husband, so definitely Yeah, married. I think uh, I think Pete has reason to be jealous. Uh, he is a he is a jealous guy. I get the I just from seeing him on the porch and uh, you know smoking a cigarette, uh, I can tell that he is a. Uh, He's going to freak out easy, and he's going to get jealous super easy. But uh, I think that uh, I think that his wife has a history of stepping out on him. Let me ask you this: I want you to make a prediction right here, right now. Yep. Does Rick kill Pete before the end of season five? Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. Some sort of confrontation, and whether he means to or not, Rick puts him down. Yeah, he's yeah he's totally dead. Yeah, I think you're right. And Which- Rick's the new sheriff in town, and uh, he's uh, Black Pete. Well, there you go. And but I was going to say, do you really want to kill the the one surgeon you have? Well, you know, that's a problem. But I think uh yeah, I think Rick's going to kill. But cheating wife, bigger problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Rick oh, it's going to be a mess, but uh I, yeah, I think I think I don't think Pete's going to die in the initial confrontation. I think there's going to be a confrontation and I think uh it, it's going to get out of hand, and there's going to be a fight, and then afterwards uh, there will be a second fight that uh, Pete will die in. You know what? Here. Or they go the other way. They These two guys butt heads. There's Pete f- will die in the first fight, and then the second fight will be uh, Pete won't die? No, it's not. that's not going to happen that way. I, I <laughs> They're going to butt heads. There's going to be some sort of fight, and then one of them is going to have to make a choice to save the other one at some point. And they make the choice to save them. And then after that, they'll be all good and they'll be buddies forever. Right. 
or we could just get a, an episode of Law and Order where there's a crime and Rick has to solve it and Pete's the uh, the suspected guilty party and then he gets arrested and goes into kangaroo court and uh, there's a trial. <laughs> or it's just Rick finds out that Pete is guilty of some heinous crime and now he has to decide whether to, to uh, out him and arrest him or not. Something like that. Right. And take his wife. And bang his wife. I didn't say bang. I said I know. Take. I took it to the next level. Did you? Yes. And speaking of the next level, Michael from Ozark, Missouri sent an email. And Michael says, it strikes me that Alexandria has to have some big secrets. They don't seem to have any kind of police or disciplinary people around, until now, of course. Uh, they seem to be kind of naive about the world outside their walls, and generally not the brightest bulbs in the pack. They have to have some kind of protectors around to have survived this long in this world. Hmm. I don't know. Um, maybe, but why don't you move ahead with the next uh, email here, Jason, because I think it's uh, the next couple are all along the same lines. All right, so we have Tim from Charlton in Manchester, UK. The magazine Carl found in the attic room uh, in their new home, had a wolf in the title. The group encountered wolves, or stray dogs, in the previous episode. The legless zombie torso had a W on his forehead. Could the bad guys that will surely appear be the wolves? Also, I wonder if the three people that were mentioned who have been exiled from Alexandria, assumed to have been killed, could they be the wolves? Being thrown out would certainly give them motive to want to obliterate, no, obliterate, Everyone inside Obliterate. I want... Obliterate. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you're a little drunk and you try to obliterate somebody. I'm obliterated. <laughs> That's right. Um, so Michael in Ozark, Missouri is saying that these people to have survived this long must have had some sort of protection. And yeah. Tim in Charlton, Manchester, UK is saying that there must be a group out there that is pissed with them or coming for them. So a couple different sides here. Finally, Gustav in Richmond, BC writes, Hey, Chris and Jason, what do you think about the possibility that Enid is a spy for a yet unknown group that's planning to take over Alexandria? It would explain why she's secretly sneaking away and why she's so standoffish. The less you talk, the less chance of being discovered. Why she doesn't, why she doesn't like Carl... She sees Rick and company as an obvious threat to her group's plan, so she took off to let the would-be raiders know about this new tough group. So, so <sighs> let me break this down here. Um, a lot of people seem to think that there is some sort of group out there, other community, group, whatever, uh, wild dogs, wolves, that is coming for Alexandria. Right. And... Deanna and everybody in Alexandria are afraid of this because they haven't had to deal with this sort of thing before. So they have brought in Rick's gang as protection, basically, because they've seen them out in the wild. They've seen what they can do. They know they can survive. They know they don't mind killing people to protect themselves. And they know that by themselves, the Alexandria people know that they wouldn't really have the means, the resources, or the the balls maybe to pull off that kind of thing. So they bring in a group of 14 badass killers knowing that something is coming for them and they need protection. 
Well, the only thing I have to say about that is exactly. <laughs> That's clearly what's going on here. That's <laughs> clearly what's happening here. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with with that uh, with that assessment. I think that uh, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I'm not so sure about Enid being a spy, but I think that the uh, that the reason that Alexandria needs this group of heavily armed individuals that obviously have uh, you know the ability to survive, and basically they're a a small army that uh, that Alexandria definitely needs some kind of army in order to protect them from uh, an external threat. Yeah, and and it 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 all seems to fall into place. I feel like I don't know about Enid being a spy either. That's a lot to ask of a teenage girl, um, but it could be. You know, she. I was a teenage girl, and I there's no way I could have been a Never, spy. not even a little bit, eh? No, not even a little bit. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I think that is a lot to ask of a teenage girl, but she could be just more like a scout sent ahead, kind of. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know, I do think that this is a pretty good theory, and I'm curious to see how it plays out. I especially like Tim's idea that w- it will tie into wolves somehow because we've seen Wolf on the magazine. Right. There were the wild dogs. I mean, they weren't wolves, but they were dogs. But uh, you kind of got the feeling they would have behaved like wolves, you know? And then, of course, written on the wall in Noah's place, what was it? Wolves? Oh, wolves are coming? No. Wolves are near, I think. And then not only that, but all the torsos had W's carved into their forehead, which is the first letter in the word wolf, (laughs) in case you didn't know. So I really do hope all these kind of clues culminate and pay off in something, because I think it would be really, really cool. And if it turns out to be another group that wants to attack Alexandria, um, who knows? But, you know, I think it'll it'll be fun to find out and watch what happens. Right. And another coincidence is that uh, if uh, they do have a law and order to kind of tie in uh, with uh, with Pete and, uh, you know, having him arrested, uh, I think uh, that makes a lot of sense because uh, law and order was created by Dick Wolf. Wow. Exactly. Man, it's all falling into place. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you know that or did you, how did you know that? Well, I know that. Don't you watch Law Never and Order? Seen or didn't you watch Law and Order? At the end, there was always a Dick Wolf uh, with a, a howling wolf. No, nope, never. Oh, I loved Law and Order. I miss it every Isn't day. Isn't there like twenty-five different spin-offs, though? Yeah, it, it, the the only one that's left is uh, Special Victims mm-hmm. Unit, and that just kind of pisses me off because uh, I just know that it's a bunch of producers that sat in a room and said, "You know, Law and Order is pretty great, but you know what it needs." More rape. And so, <laughs> Great. So <laughs> they created Special Victims Unit. And it just kind of annoyed me. They weren't me. sitting in a room and said, Law and Order is really great, but do you know what it means? Special Victims. <laughs> yeah. It just needs a little bit more, a little bit more rapey and everything would be fine with this show. So they spun off and made a, uh, a rape one. I, uh, the, uh, the other one that Catherine uh, Irby and uh, that guy, damn it, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, that spinoff one was excellent. It was uh, Major Crimes or whatever the hell it was okay. called. Okay, I don't know. I've never watched any of them. And I guess you can't call your show like Law and Order Rape Time. The rapey yeah. one. <laughs> you know, it's it's just not, not good. good. 
Okay. Well, thank thank you. That is all the feedback, everyone. Thanks for everyone who's sending that in. Overall, I think everyone really, really liked this episode and had a lot to say about it, especially with what Carol was doing and what Daryl is not doing or what he's up to. And I think towards the end there, we had some really interesting speculation and theories on what's actually going on here in uh, Alexandria. I almost said Woodbury, but that's long ago. It was like three seasons ago. Yeah. So um, thanks, everyone, for writing in. Uh, The next episode of The Walking Dead is airing, of course, on Sunday at 9 Eastern on AMC. And the title of that episode is Forget. So remember and And forget. And forget, yes. What's after that? I don't know. I don't have it open in front of me. You forgot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then the last one is, ooh, it's coming back to you a little bit. (laughs) Remember? Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we will be recording next on Monday night when we recap that episode. In the meantime, everyone, please, please, please don't forget to vote for us uh, for a podcast award. Go to podcastawards.com and uh, choose The Talking Dead in the entertainment category. And then when you get the email, make sure you click on that email to verify your vote. That's something I didn't realize at first. Uh, so if you aren't getting that email and Maybe check your spam folder or whatever, but we want to make sure we get as many verified votes in as we can. And that goes on for 14 more days or 13 more days, so please vote every day. It would make me very, very happy. I will walk. You want to make Chris happy, don't you? I'll walk around all day with a big smile on my face. That'd be nice. Because usually you're really grumpy and you have a cloud over your head and you yell at everybody. I'm a dick most of the time. Because mostly you're just a dick. Yeah. So this would make you happy, and your coworkers would uh, probably flip out and go, what the hell's wrong with you? You've got this, your face is doing something funny, and you could tell them, it's a smile. Yeah, and then they will thank you for voting for us. Uh, vote for the Talking Dead and make me not be a dick. That's, that's, the, that's the T-shirt right there. <laughs> that's the T-shirt, all right. If we win, I'm making that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Vote for us, and I will become less of a dick. Okay, that's enough dick talk. Uh, What else can you do? If you want to give us a call or or get in contact with us somehow, you can phone toll-free 1-844-483-9662. Find us on Twitter. I've been a little more active on Twitter lately, Jason. That's fantasgreat. I am checking it every day. I'm tweeting at people or replying to people. I am retweeting stuff. Uh... To be fair, it has to do a little bit with the podcast awards, but not only. I'm making sure I talk to everyone when when, uh, when I can. So, at Talking Dead on Twitter, if you want to send us a tweet. And, of course, Facebook, facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. I have a post there pinned to the top of our page reminding people to vote. I don't know if I should make a new post every day telling yes. people to do that. No, yes. I should? Yes. Or, or just leave that one there and, nope. and, and hope it gains some traction? New post. All right. Every day. Well, what do you mean? You you are the social media expert. So I really am not because <laughs> I had to ask you what three questions when I was writing my post on Facebook today. Yeah. How do you put in a link? Jay- How do you put in a picture? <laughs> Jason, it was funny. Earlier today, we're both at work. <laughs> he sends me a message on Skype. I'm trying to do a post on Facebook, but I have three questions. I'm like, I didn't know you could come up with three questions for writing something into a box. <laughs> Yeah. So, how do you put in a picture? <laughs> what's what's my, a link? What's my name? <laughs> and where am I? <laughs> what What is this internet? <laughs> yeah. 
So I straightened him out and he got his post done. But yeah, maybe I should post again. Anyways, facebook.com slash the talking dead or send us email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, all right. I'm not going to talk about Patreon or Amazon today. You know what to do if you want to do those things. I think we're just going to wrap it up. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll be back on Monday when we recap uh, Forget. And until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.